Hey there, and welcome to episode number 72 of the Become a Guitarist Today podcast with myself, Adam Roach. In this episode, I talk to Luca Torelli from Torelli and Leona Rhapsody, who are a symphonic metal band. So Luca lets us know all about the new album, Zero Gravity, Rebirth and Evolution, and also their upcoming tour of Australia in October. So they'll be playing in Sydney on the 10th of October, Brisbane on the 11th of October, and Melbourne on the 13th of October. So you can see the link in the show notes to book the tickets and get along to one of the concerts. So all the music you hear in this podcast, including the intro, is from the album Zero Gravity. Now before we do go over to the interview, I'd like to thank my sponsors, Custom Guitar Picks and Living Music. Now I've also started my own YouTube channel for any guitarists out there wanting to learn how to play guitar. So there's lots of free videos there that you can check out and jam along to, as well as a lot of the exam pieces as well. So have a look, subscribe, and look out for the new videos coming out weekly. So let's go over to the interview now with Luca Torelli. Uh, thanks for doing this for me. It's a pleasure, my friend. It's my pleasure. Yeah, no, it's great. All right, well, I thought if we can head straight into the new album, if we can, just talk a little bit about that, and then we can go backwards and talk about some of the guitar playing and everything. Um, so can you just let me know a bit about the new album? I've already had a listen to some of it, and it sounds amazing. So congratulations on the album. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I would say that, yes, yes, I can start if you want. I can tell you that this is a special album for us, no? Because uh, in some way, this is really a debut album. This is the way we promote it because it represents uh, a fresh new start. Let's say we kept only the symphonic element that is typical of Rhapsody's kind of trademark. But we contaminated it with all the new things we love nowadays, me and Fabio, of course. And so that's the only way we could have continued uh, using this name and still releasing something together. Because uh, after so many albums related in the past to the heroic fantasy saga everybody knows about, uh, we are speaking about 15 years of career uh, uh, 10 albums related to the same subject, we really felt the need to express uh, ourselves uh, at 360 degrees and uh, uh, really for a composer like me this is essential because uh, you know we make music not to make fun but uh, we speak through heart and soul, at least this is my my vision of art as yeah. art should be, no? Yeah. Uh, and so this album really reflects what we like nowadays, what we want uh, to propose nowadays. At first, there was not even the plan to release uh, the album under the name Rhapsody. Our n- first name was uh, Zero Gravity. And this was the idea for us to, con- to continue with this name uh, uh, after the end of the farewell tour. They saw us playing uh, like uh, something like two years uh, all over the world, celebrating the old, uh, the early years, let's say, of Rhapsody, and to close uh, that circle, that chapter, no? Yeah. So now, really with this album, we have uh, all the, the music that we like to play nowadays, every, we incorporated everything. So also because variety is essential for us, you know, we have, uh, I have something like 20 albums behind my back, and uh, I would be the first one getting bored uh, of my own music if I would not be always uh, stimulated with new artistic challenge, new music colors, and uh, all that. Well, I definitely can't get bored with this album. There's, um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So did you write all the music for the album? But yes, now this is a kind of winning formula in the sense that I start the composition at home in my home studio. We, we were never a band that started composing in the rehearsing room with every band member connect, let's say, offering something or things like that. In our case, it started immediately like this. It was a kind of modus operandi that always work in that way. So every time I have my home studio with this huge template with all the existing sounds, all the existing instruments in the world. So uh, then, of course, I start and I take the, the direction like that. I create a demo that is already, let's say, 70, 80 percent. And then I start interacting with Fabio and the other people so that uh, everybody can uh, can bring his uh, sherry on the cake, let's say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you played all the keys and um, some of the guitar parts too, didn't you? Yes, yes, this time. Uh, this time was a very tough production. And, uh, and so we divided the work in the way that I recorded all, all the lead guitars, of course, because this, the lead guitar is my, is my thing. The rhythmic no Many albums, I didn't record the, the guitar. I just prepared the tab. So for me, it's important that in my demo, I use some sample guitars, no? Yeah. For the rhythmic. Uh, I want to have every part perfect before entering the studio. Then I print the tab. And then, uh, like, it was already, it happened like three, four albums. We give it to, to, or, uh, to Dominique to record. Or, for example, in this case, for this album, it was not me, but it was uh, Simone Mularoni that is the guitar player of the Italian band DGM, okay. a very a kind of progressive metal band. And Simone Mularoni is the engineer, is the, also the engineer of the studio and the one who mixed and mastered uh, the album. Okay. So this time I had to dedicate myself to lead guitars and uh, all the keyboards, the piano, because there were a lot of piano parts. If you listen to the album, the piano is a kind of main instrument in some way because I love piano. Piano is my favorite instrument, no? Yes. And so it was really tough because uh, I had a, this was the, the, the most incredible production because we stayed four months in the studio, but I remember that um, it was something like I didn't sleep for three nights consecutively while mixing the album because we were completely late yes. with everything. And we had uh, an incredible deadline given by our record company, Nuclear Blast, to respect, because otherwise we would have not uh, we would have um, not been in time for our first uh, European summer festivals. And so we had to divide the work uh, in this way. But uh, there were already like three or four albums in our history that I didn't record, because uh, once <laughs> it happened, after I recorded uh, I record the first four albums of Rhapsody, and uh, that time the rhythmic were really hard. It was a kind of sport more than music, no? Yeah. Like our producer was telling at that time. Because uh, you had these fast 16ths, and it was really like, you know, yeah, yeah, totally yeah. precise things to did. And I remember that I was in Germany, I was recording during the, the morning, and I was drinking Red Bull. You know the drink, yeah, yeah. Red Bull, yeah, yeah. Uh, to be awake, because for me it's not normal to record during the morning. And it was so difficult to record that album, and uh, I was starting drinking Red Bull every every morning, that in the end I end up in the hospital. Oh, really? So I had to be in the hospital, we had to stop the production. Uh, Alex Staropoli, my ex-colleague um, and the co-founder of Rhapsody at the time, uh, he brought me to Italy. Uh, because I had to go to the hospital, I was in total stress, mm. um, problem, and uh, I had to suspend everything 
for some months before being able to reprise the guitar. And so then for other three, uh, four albums, I just composed the rhythmic parts, but I didn't play because I didn't want to repeat uh, the experience. Then uh, with uh, the last albums, I started again to, re uh, to record the rhythmic. I don't remember if it was the album from Chaos to Eternity. There was the last one related with Rhapsody of Fire before I, I leave the band, before the, the friendly split, let's say. Yeah. And, uh, and then with Luca to release Rhapsody, I started the recording again, but this time not, in this case no. Also because this time we had for the first time ever in our discography, the low tuned guitars. Yeah, yeah. And for me it was very important to have this. So I don't know even if I would, be, would have been able to record those rhythmics because uh, I, I don't have, my guitar is made really for lead guitar playing. It's really made for sweep picking. It's really specialized for, really, really my luthier, uh, my French luthier, build it for that. Okay, yeah. So the rhythmic, I don't have the, the, a good guitar for rhythmic. It's not made for that. Yep. That's why usually I, now uh, we went low tune. I really wanted to have the, the C this time. But not this time. This will be the basic tuning for all the future albums. It doesn't matter which band, which project, because I discovered the C tuning is the best tuning ever. Yeah. Uh, because Fabio can sing much better. The range, the vocal range is just perfect. Yep. Then uh, uh, for the guitar is amazing because then you have this big fat sound that we always wanted and that me and Fabio love while uh, listening to, to the modern productions. So in some way, uh, also for me as keyboard player, it's just amazing because, uh, you, you know, when you have C, you have a lot of white yeah, that's right. on the keyboard. <laughs> yes, that's an <laughs> so easy way. Of course, of course, this is not... No, of course, this is not something I can really say for Rhapsody, because even if I start on the white keys, then there is always a change of tonality completely leading me to other progression of chords that are not so usual. Yeah. So, you know, this is always typical of Rhapsody. We, we don't have common chord progression that would make my life very easy as a as keyboard player. So in the end, That's <laughs> but right. still is better than starting, yes, starting in E. So I, I really prefer really now to have all the songs based on C. Yeah, because I was going to say, listening to the album, I could hear that like the a lot of different keys, you know, just in the one song, really. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. So, so when you write, do you think of whatever comes out best, or do you think in, in chords? Because when you hear it, it's like, yeah, if it's in C, like you're saying, it might end up in E flat, or it might end up in B. Yeah. Uh, now I wanted really for this band to try something new, no? Because as we wanted to sound new, fresher, not connected to the past. Yep. Uh, this was one decision that I, I had already in mind because uh, I, I love other bands using this kind of tune, tunings and so on. Yep. So it was already an idea. But then uh, there was the moment that I had to do this while creating the demo mm. uh, for this new album. So when I was here in my studio, I tried, I tested, and I saw that uh, everything was so incredible. But the most important was Fabio, no? Because I wanted really to have Fabio that... Uh, even singing very high-toned, 
Uh, I didn't want to have this effect that you have with some singers uh, when they pretend to be to go very very high, but yeah. uh, you you feel that the, the voice is almost crackling. Is at the, 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 the at the limit, no? Yeah. yeah. So uh, working in C for for the voice, the the range of Fabio is just amazing because even when it goes very high, the voice is still uh, beautiful, wonderful, fat as we we need. Mm. So. Um, it's not anymore this kind of old power metal style of singing, no? Yeah. But it's something much more, I don't know how to say, modern, serious. So you don't have this, ah! yeah. this kind of things like this, yeah. but you have much more interpretation, much more emotion. And, and thanks to the ability of Fabio, it would be stupid to not valorize an incredible singer and incredible vocal skills of Fabio. So... Uh, it was something kind of obvious for me. Also because after seven, eight years, we were not working together. Yeah. Uh, and we met again for the farewell, for the reunion and farewell tour to celebrate the early years of Rhapsody. I discovered in that moment that he was able still to sing the old songs that were very difficult. They had some very complicated vocal lines mm. and that he was just incredible. His voice was still fresh, despite he still smoking, sometimes things like that. I was really surprised. And that's why we decided that the voice and the, the piano as instruments, they will be the, the highlight of the new band. Have you tried a seven string guitar with the, the low tuning? No, no, but this is something that I could also try in the future. For mm. the moment, we had just this guitar uh, tuned low, but uh, but for the future, who knows? If we want a, uh, even a fatter sound, could yeah. be the way. Yeah, I mean, personally, I've tried you know, some of those, and it does take a while to get used to <laughs> playing those guitars. <laughs> <laughs> now, I noticed, I mean, I only had really one listen through the album, and the song that really stood out for me was Decoding the Multiverse. I thought that one was a, an amazing yeah. song. Just with the vocal breakdown and the, the, the solos, the, you know, I think there was a, there was a keyboard and guitar solo in there as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I made a lot of, uh, uh, some. Uh, I created some lead guitar parts also for my second guitar player, yep. Dominique, no? So sometimes as I am a composer at 360 degrees, I like also to, to let's say, I feel like a, a, an orchestra director in the sense that for me is important to compose the, the, the things that is valorizing every band member. So, for example, knowing the ability of Dominique, which is much better than me when playing, for example, this emotional stuff. He's not good at sweet picking, he will tell you this, no? Yeah. But uh, he's so good in this emotional stuff. That's why, for example, uh, now I don't remember which song, no, no, because in the multiverse I played it. But uh, for example, in the song Zero Gravity, that is the title track, yep. we have I created this cinematic guitar solo with uh, Dominique starting his lead uh, theme, and then me adding myself in the second part uh, with the sweep pickings, creating a kind of counterpoint between my part and his part. Okay. And uh, this is just I love it. I love that solo because you have the music in the style of uh, Hans Zimmer. As uh, in the in the background, yeah. and uh, and then you have this epic solo on top, very super epic, uh, very inspired. So I know that he's very much better than me when playing 
in that style. So then I, I just composed the part for him, knowing that he will play it better than me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So then in the end, I divide the album in such a way that uh, everybody is giving his best, mm. technically speaking. And even the, the song, the fast radio burst, I know you've got the, the harmony guitar solos as well. So do you record both those parts? Uh, yes. Here in that song, you have three different solos. There is my solo, there is the Dominique solo, yep. and then when there is the, 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 um, the harmony, there is me, and the, there are two guest solos okay. that we asked to Simone Mugliaroni, the same uh, guy of this band, the DGM, yep. the, 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 the engineer of the album, as I told you. So when I discovered his ability, for me, he's one of the best Italian guitar players. And I didn't know about him, honestly, before entering the studio. Mm. When I discovered his ability, then uh, I asked him really to have uh, two uh, guitar solos. And uh, so he performed uh, this third part of the solo of Fast Radio Bars and also the main solo of uh, uh, the first part of the solo of I Am. I love it because it's very, you know, we love Dream Theater. We wanted to have some progressive elements. We always love. For me, the album of Dream Theater, Images uh, and Words, is one of the best ever, no? Yeah, yeah, great. So <laughs> it's, it's a milestone. And uh, I cannot believe it was out in 1993. Yeah, Something incredible. <laughs> so it sounds modern even now. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, so yes, we contaminated our style also, as I told you, with progressive elements, with vocal arrangements in the style of Queen. Uh, you can hear them, yes, like you, as you said, in the code in the multiverse, also yeah. in the song I Am. And, uh, and then, uh, yes, we have a lot of opera. We also this operatic ballad uh, Amata Immortale. That was uh, this was based really on my passion and love for Frederick Chopin. The great piano player, yep. no? Yeah. The, uh, so I compose I compose the intro of the piano, really inspired by this romantic approach of uh, Chopin. Yep. And then, uh, but I think I create also many interesting rhythmic guitar parts in, in this album oh, that yeah. we never had before. We never had before. I wanted really to have the sound. Sometimes I was inspired by. I wanted to have something heavy, a la Rammstein. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, in Australia. Uh, you know very well Rammstein. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I mean, not not a big well-known artist, but yes, yes. But they have they are famous here in Europe uh, more for the guitar sound, no? Yeah, yeah. It's very happy. It's uh, fat, uh, and uh, in 
In our case, in the in the case of Rhapsody, it's always great to have a sound of guitar so low and fat because then you have plenty of free frequencies for all the other instruments, and you know that we are we are full of other instruments. So yeah. it's always good to to find some space for the mix. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Now, I know we're running out of time, but I just want to quickly talk about the uh, Australian tour. You're coming uh, down in October. You're coming down to Australia. Is that your first time down here? Yeah. Absolutely. So we are uh, for us something special because it's not uh, not just about the fact of playing some shows, but it's something more. No, as I said to one of your colleagues, a kind of life experience we are ready to face because I was once uh, just in, in New Zealand and uh, I was amazed and I will always remember those days. I, I, I also have the flu, but uh, I love so much that, that atmosphere. It seems to be in the wild, you know, to leave the town, to find yourself in the wild. And for me, that I'm a, a guy practicing yoga, meditation, all this, for me, the contact with the nature is essential. So it's not just about of coming to play some shows, but it's something more deep, I would say so. Yes, we can't wait to come there. We will offer a set list, very various. We will have the new songs. Then we will have also some old hits because, of course, we never came to play over there. We will have some old songs that are fitting in some way, in a good way, with the new songs. So there will be anyway music for all tastes. Yeah, look, no, can't wait for it. I mean, I'll definitely be there on in Melbourne on uh, Sunday, October thirteenth. Ah, fantastic. Then we will meet, my friend. Yeah, it'd be great. Hopefully we can catch up and um, talk in person. Absolutely, my friend. It would be my pleasure, really. Yeah, thank you very much. My Thanks friend. very much, Luca. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Have a nice evening or a day. I don't know what time is it. Yeah, it's only morning now, so yeah. Ah, okay. So enjoy your day, my friend. Thank you. And I'll see you in Melbourne. <laughs> see you. Okay. Absolutely, my friend. I count on you. See you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.